Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes. But let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture-proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. The breaking news tonight, a COVID vaccine clears the final hurdle before emergency authorization in the U.S., bringing America one step closer to the end of the pandemic. After a day-long hearing of experts, the first shots could be given as early as this weekend. With supplies for the vaccine already delivered, we go inside the distribution process, the role UPS and FedEx are playing. And that vaccine can't come soon enough. We are holding people's hands on their last breaths every day. America records more than 3,000 deaths in one day, as the CDC predicts 70,000 more by the new year. Plus, the state tonight that's shutting down indoor dining and K-12 sports. COVID's economic toll. We follow one family's struggle as they face eviction. If we get kicked out of our house, where are we going to go? Ellen DeGeneres halts taping. What the talk show host is saying after testing positive for COVID-19. Last-ditch effort, President Trump and his allies asked the Supreme Court to invalidate the ballots of millions of Americans. Even some members of his own party call it madness. Back to the future, the president-elect chooses more Obama-era officials for his new team. Booster seat safety, the new disturbing crash test video of child-sized dummies tossed around. After our investigation, why congressional investigators say millions of children are in danger. The healing power of music. Andrea Bocelli's Christmas concert with a special co-star. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell. Reporting from the nation's capital. 
Good evening and thank you for joining us. We are going to begin with that breaking news. The first vaccine for coronavirus here in the U.S. has just been approved by an FDA advisory panel. All of it guaranteeing it will receive emergency approval by the FDA possibly within hours. Now, that decision will immediately set off a frantic nationwide operation by FedEx and UPS to get nearly three million doses of the Pfizer vaccine to hospitals and drugstores and to get shots into the arms of vulnerable Americans. Tonight's vote comes at the darkest and deadliest point in the pandemic right here in the U.S. Over the past 24 hours, more than three thousand deaths from the virus have been reported across the country. Think about it. Three thousand American lives lost in a single day. That is larger than the death toll on 9-11. Even more unimaginable tonight, the head of the CDC says we should expect that many deaths in the U.S. every single day for the next three months. As we come on the air, new cases are being reported at record levels with several major cities, including San Francisco, within weeks of running out of ICU beds and with the virus seemingly spreading faster than ever. Tonight, Pennsylvania's governor has begun locking down his state, banning indoor dining and limiting gatherings. So we've got a lot of new reporting for you and your family, and our team is covering it all. CBS's Nikki Batiste is going to lead off our coverage tonight with that breaking news on the vaccine. Good evening, Nikki. Nora, as soon as the FDA authorizes Pfizer's vaccine, here at Mount Sinai, they're expecting thousands of doses. Some of them will be kept right here in this freezer around negative 80 degrees Celsius and will be given to frontline workers here in the ER and ICU as early as Monday. Uh, but also no data. The FDA's uh, advisory panel overwhelmingly voted to recommend Pfizer's vaccine. The first doses in the U.S. could start shipping out tomorrow. We've been working very closely with our state and local partners to make sure that they have plans in place to identify providers that are able to receive, store, and use the vaccine. Shipping giants UPS and FedEx will work to distribute the vaccine. UPS began sending these vaccine kits last night, which arrived at some hospitals today, containing syringes, masks, and a diluting agent for the Pfizer vaccine, which will be used to administer it. The vaccines in phase 1A will go to hospitals for Healthcare workers. It will be up to state officials like Pennsylvania's health secretary, Dr. Rachel Levine, to get the initial nearly six million doses into people's arms. What are the challenges states across the country are facing when it comes to distribution? Well, I wouldn't call it a logistical nightmare. I would call it a significant logistical challenge. For instance, we don't exactly know how much vaccine we're going to get potentially next week. Clinical trials show the Pfizer vaccine was nearly 95% effective for adults 18 to 64. It was just as effective for people of all ethnicities. But some groups, like people with weak immune systems, individuals with severe allergic reactions, and pregnant women who were all excluded from the trials, could be restricted from getting the shot. I'm personally optimistic. Dr. David Rice, who served as a critical care air transport doctor deployed to Iraq and Afghanistan, has been working in the intensive care units at UPMC's Pasavan Hospital for the last eight months. He is considered high priority for a vaccine and hopes to receive one of the first doses. I'm excited to to get this ball rolling and finally get something going that's going to potentially put an end to this. U.S. Marshals will escort the vaccines to their distribution hubs. The FDA's Vaccine Advisory Committee will meet again next week to review Moderna's vaccine. Moderna plans to distribute 18 million doses by the end of the year. Nora. 
Nikki Batiste near one of those freezers. Thank you, Nikki. And as hard as it is to fathom the record number of COVID deaths, public health officials are warning tonight that it will likely get worse before the situation improves. We get more now from CBS's Janet Shamlian. A gut-wrenching record, more than 3,000 deaths, the highest single-day total. Hospitals like Methodist near Minneapolis at the breaking point. People are dying alone. Nurse Jenna Jacobs is watching patients pass without the comfort of someone they love. It's very hard, and it's our reality right now. Like, we are holding people's hands on their last breaths every day. A grim reality tonight. The CDC forecasting up to 362,000 dead by January 2nd, almost the population of Cleveland. It's both physically and mentally exhausting. People are doing longer shifts. They're doing more shifts. Desperate measures from the battlefield type 10 set up in Los Angeles to reopening plans for a long closed Phoenix area hospital to help house the surge. Virginia's governor announced a midnight curfew starting Monday, and Pennsylvania's governor late today ordered the shutdown of indoor dining, casinos, and school sports. Coronavirus is spreading like a wind-fueled fire. She gave birth to her son, but didn't get to hold him. Because right after she gave birth, that's when they put the tube in. Michael Avila's lost his sister to the virus. 33-year-old Erica Becerra's health declined so quickly, she was never able to hold baby Diego in her arms. Towards the last moments, she was tearing. I know she heard us. We prayed for her. We talked to her. We comforted her to the last moments. And a sad trend to report tonight. The U.S. Postal Service says in the many letters it receives to Santa this time of year, there is a common theme. Children asking not for toys, but for the health and safety of mommy and daddy. Nora? Remarkable to hear that. Janet, thank you. As COVID ravages the nation tonight, President Trump has a single-minded focus. Not the coronavirus, but seizing every opportunity to advance baseless claims of ballot fraud. Today, hosting GOP officials pushing a long shot bid to overturn the will of voters in states other than their own. Here's CBS's Weijia Zhang. President Trump did not comment today on the record number of dead from the coronavirus. Instead, he focused on voter fraud and what he called a corrupt election with no evidence to prove it. Even telling guests at a holiday party last night, the legal fight is not over. The president met with Republican state attorneys general who are backing a lawsuit in the Supreme Court to invalidate presidential election votes in Georgia, Wisconsin, Michigan and Pennsylvania. If the high court agrees to intervene, Senator Ted Cruz will argue the case at the request of Mr. Trump. Texas AG Ken Paxton filed the lawsuit. There's no way to know whether any of those 2.5 million ballots in Pennsylvania were legit. They could have all been legit. But federal judges across the country have repeatedly refuted those claims, as did one of Georgia's top Republican election officials this afternoon. It is constitutionally wrong, wrong on the law, and wrong on the facts. Several Senate Republicans also questioned the suit. I do not understand the legal theory. It's just simply madness, this effort to uh, uh, subvert the, the vote of the people. 
President Trump is leaning on House Republicans to join the brief in support of the lawsuit. And so far, over 100 have. Most legal experts say that it's unlikely the Supreme Court will ever hear the case. There is no legal path right now for President Trump to overturn the will of 160 million voters, the vast majority of whom voted for President-elect Biden. Today, President-elect Joe Biden announced several new cabinet picks, including Dennis McDonough as the Secretary of Veterans Affairs. He also named Ambassador Susan Rice as the director of the Domestic Policy Council. Both of them served in key West Wing roles under President Barack Obama. Nora? Weijijing, thank you. Tonight, there are signs the surging pandemic is pushing more people out of work. In the last week, 853,000 workers filed for unemployment benefits. That's the third increase in the last four weeks. It comes as critical aid programs are about to expire, with millions of families struggling to survive. Here's CBS's Mark Strassman. Claudia Guillen took her son Jose to get groceries. Not to a supermarket, but this food bank in East Boston. Jose came out with three bags of charity to feed this family of six. The food that is donated goes a long way for, to make sure that we don't, um, we don't starve. Kimberly Lavaderde, 17 and stressed. She's a high school senior applying to college as her family's world collapses around them. Both her parents lost jobs during the pandemic. Her immigrant family, two months behind on rent, faces eviction. It's very scary to think that we could lose um, a place where we found so much comfort. How stressed are you these days? I think that even I don't know how I am. I'm constantly worrying, so I try to put on a brave face and get through the day. Little Lloyd is nine months old, but they've all cried. Jose, Kimberly's 16-year-old brother, works part-time at the same food bank that feeds his family. You can see the desperation on people's faces. and They always respond saying, oh, God bless you. What are we going to do? Like, if, if, we, if we get kicked out of our house, where are we going to go? They're the children of America's pandemic. Research shows evictions traumatic to kids. It eats at their emotional and physical health. Kimberly finally got good news this week. Acceptances from three colleges with significant scholarships. I cried a lot. It's a light at the end of the tunnel. And it's been something that has given me hope despite everything. And yet Kimberly is still torn. Should she chase her college dream or work full time to make money for her family? She agonizes over the stress she sees in her parents, like millions of kids in struggling families. Nora? Mark Strassman, thank you. Tonight, a congressional investigation sparked by reporting from CBS News and ProPublica raises serious safety concerns about millions of car booster seats. CBS's Chris Van Cleve shows us the new crash test videos that were uncovered, and we caution you, some of these videos are hard to watch. Watch as these dummies flail violently in car booster seats during side impact crash tests. The seats all passed because there are no federal standards. Just simply appalling. Those booster seat companies um, are basically uh, putting profits ahead of people. Keep your kid in the harnessed car seat like this one. Following our CBS News ProPublica reports, tonight a House oversight investigation involving seven brands of car booster seats finds manufacturers endangered the lives of millions of American children. 
deceiving consumers with false and misleading statements about side impact testing protocols. Among the criticisms, some companies recommendations children as light as 30 pounds use booster seats. Medical experts say a booster may not offer adequate crash protection for a child that small. The industry says it's legal in the U.S. Dr. Ben Hoffman is a lead author of car seat recommendations for the American Academy of Pediatrics. There is not a scenario in which I would ever want to see a child under 40 pounds in a booster seat. It's just not necessary. Do it again. Jillian Brown was five years old and weighed 37 pounds when her mother's car was hit from the side. Brown was strapped into her booster seat. The crash left her paralyzed from the neck down. Now nine years old, she's kept alive by a ventilator. I would never have bought that if I'd known. I would have left them in the front-facing five-point harness. The maker of Jillian's seat says it met or exceeded federal standards, passed internal crash tests, and performed as designed. None of the companies would agree to an interview, but through their trade association say in a statement, a correctly used car seat is a child's best defense in a car crash, reducing the risk of injury by 45 percent when compared with vehicle seat belts alone, adding the industry supports stringent federal standards. Now, Republicans were critical of some of the report's findings. Tonight, the committee is calling for consumer protection investigations to be launched. Nora. Really such important information for families. Chris Van Cleef, thank you so much. Today, talk show host Ellen DeGeneres announced she is positive for COVID. DeGeneres says she's feeling fine and following CDC guidelines. In October, she began hosting a small studio audience with both in-person and virtual guests. Now production is on pause. DeGeneres expects to return after the holidays. First responders in South Texas call it a Christmas miracle. They worked for six hours to get a four-year-old boy out of a well in the town of Garcino on Tuesday. The boy had fallen in while walking with his parents. Crews dug carefully to avoid a cave-in. Here's the moment they got him out. Tonight, the boy is in stable condition. That's good news. Taylor Swift surprised her fans today, announcing that she's releasing a new album tonight at midnight. That's Cardigan from Swift's album Folklore, which came out in July. She describes her new one called Evermore as a sister album to Folklore. Swift explains the quick turnaround saying, we just couldn't stop writing songs. If there were ever a year that we needed the healing power of Christmas music, 2020 is it. Enter Andrea Bocelli, the Italian opera star, contracted COVID shortly before his Easter concert, which got 28 million views online. Now he's at it again for the holiday season, and this time with a special guest. Amazing grace. The music of Andrea Bocelli brought us comfort and hope when we needed it most. At the start of the pandemic, his Easter songs performed in an empty cathedral filled hearts around the world. It was important to give this prayer to everybody and to try to give hope and optimism. His message for the holidays is, there is always hope. It is the theme of his new album and his Christmas concert. The concert explores the wonder of Christmas through the eyes of his eight-year-old daughter, Virginia. What's it like being on stage together? For me? Yes. It means a lot. I like it. But it goes like this. Father and daughter surprised us with a more spiritual rendition of Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah. The 
Do you think there's something about the pandemic that unites us all? Of course, the sufferings. And from Bocelli, perhaps the sweetest song of all. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Amazing grace is the song of a man that found, at the certain moment of his terrible life, he found the faith. And it's beautiful. So beautiful. Thank you. And Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. In the middle of the pandemic, a touch of grace, Believe in Christmas, will be live streamed at 8 p.m. Saturday in all time zones. And there's more on tomorrow's CBS Evening News. Steve Hartman's on the road with the mysterious secret Santa who's taking his generosity to a whole new level in this challenging year. And if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so that you can watch us later. That's tonight's edition of the CBS Evening News. To those who celebrate, happy first night of Hanukkah. I'm Nora O'Donnell in the nation's capital. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Wishing you a good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.